Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 37th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today we're diving into the realm of the paranormal. In a certain sense. You see, I have just recently, I know it's been out for a while, please forgive me. May the God of Nerds just grant me mercy here. As I say, I just recently watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. So today I'm going to be talking about the entire Ghostbusters franchise in a whole and while also giving my review of the movie. Again, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, there may be some spoilers here or there. Um, it's, it's out on Prime. It's out anywhere. You can buy it on DVD, Blu-ray still. You can buy it streaming. So, I mean, if you really haven't seen it, I really can't be responsible if you don't want to listen to spoilers, but just so you know. But we're going to be talking about the Ghostbusters in general. Ghostbusters is the brainchild of Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman. Um, the 1984 classic, and yes, it is a classic, a comedy classic, was a powerhouse at the time. Originally, apparently, the movie was supposed to be set in the future, where there are multiple Ghostbusters. They kind of toned that back. And Dan Aykroyd and then wrote this. Uh, the movie stars Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, the legendary Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and uh, Rick Moranis. It has a an all-star cast it's for the 80s and even for today. And the movie was a, a, a smash success um, across, across the boundaries. I mean, people hadn't really seen that type of film where it was it's sort of like a dark comedy. So much so that it has spawned multiple sequels, cartoon shows, and a litany, a litany of video games and franchise-related uh, items and paraphernalia and memorabilia. You know, Ghostbusters logo has been pretty much put on everything from lunchboxes to cars. Um, the first one is we see the group of Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray as they are friends who were involved in the paranormal trying to basically living their lives but trying to get this aspect of trying to prove the ghosts are real and trying to capture a ghost we see as they actually do capture ghosts they become the ghostbusters they hire ernie hudson on as a fourth one and as they're going through they're going towards the uh, eventual destruction of the earth at the hands of uh, gozer the gozerian um, it's an ancient Sumerian goddess, uh, deity that has said, prophesied that it will come, it will destroy the earth, and it has evolved in different forms as we go along. That will play a part in later on in the franchise. The ending of this sees them fighting Gozer and seeing a 50-foot Stay puff Marshmallow Man. Uh, we get introduced to Slimer in this one also. The... Uh, the cast, all these guys, their their chemistry, their their seeming friendship, they work together. I mean, you've seen them work in ultra other movies together, um, Stripes and and so on. As you see these guys work together, this film was a phenomenon. It was great, and it's still to this day, you know, uh, one of the one of my movies I can go back to. And for the '80s, it, it's just it, it's fantastic. For the '90s, it's fantastic. And for nerd culture, I mean, this just did a lot to bring forefront of just the different 
um, sound bites, see different quotes, and these just iconic looks, and it gave so many people uh, the idea for their uh, Halloween costumes up until this day. With the success of this film, it was only fitting that they were going to uh, do a sequel, and that was 1989's Ghostbusters 2. The thing, uh, after just re-watching this one, I found out was kind of um, interesting is this This is kind of a true-to-form. Now, there's an argument here in the second one about how, you know, this one, the Ghostbusters are down to the look. They're no longer the Ghostbusters. Um, after the events of the first film, they have had to split up, apparently, after they battled Gozer on top of the high-rise that they battled their, battled her on, there was, you know, they were sued by cities, states, counties, municipalities, everything, they were, they were blamed for all of it, and here we find out that people are calling them shams, people are calling them, you know, liars, people are calling them manipulators, con artists, and people argue, you know, how could they save the city, save the planet, and yet people are still, to this day, they're, they're like, oh, you're, you're fake, this isn't real, ghosts aren't real. I say... This is actually a accurate portrayal of what the place would actually go through and what people would actually go. Because we've seen it time and time again to where when proof is actually put forth to people, the proof of uh, anything's given forth to them when they when they don't want to believe it, they will eventually they will they will try to argue it and say it's not true. Now them saving the the city, well that that's simple. Um, people forget. People, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? People don't tend to actually uh, idolize like this. You know, some would, but there would be a lot of people that would say, well, that never really happened. It was something they did, something they that they put upon us to make us believe that, and then they would get blamed. Even if they did save the city, there are people that would hate them and blame them because the city got destroyed at certain ports because of something that they were involved in, which they had nothing to do with as they were saving the city. That's just the, the short and skinny of it. People can be asses. People can be dicks. Well, in this, we see that they're actually no longer the Ghostbusters, like I said. Um, Sigourney Weaver's character, is who was dating Peter Venkman, technically, I guess, sort of, uh, Peter Venkman was involved with her and liked her at the end of the, at the first one. Um, they had split up. She had moved on. She had gotten married. She has a baby. And this whole movie centers around Vigo the Carpathian, um, which is a painting of a... a basically a dictator, a tyrant from the medieval times. Uh, he was 105 years old when he was shot, stabbed, quartered, drawed, beheaded, and stretched. I mean, that was the way they killed him. As his head before it dies said, death is only a pathway. And basically, this is a painting that they bring to the New York Museum of Art. And this is where we first meet Janusz, which is the uh, guy that's in charge of this whole exhibit that is going to be of Vigo the Carpathian. We see the painting, and we see him basically get kind of possessed by the painting as Vigo is looking for an infant or a baby to be his vessel so he can, you know, bring his life essence into this child, grow up, and conquer the earth again. So we see the Ghostbusters having to not only prove once again that they are not nuts, they are not crazy, but they are actually telling the truth as there is a river of slime underneath the city of New York, and that River of Slime is fueled by the hatred uh, of the people of New York, the, the loathing that they have for each other, which was a stereotype of New York, especially back in that time that everybody was just mean, nobody wanted, you know, everybody hated each other, and so this river continued to grow, and it was basically feeding Vigo's 
energy to make him come back to life. Um, we see as Janusz is pursuing uh, Sigourney Weaver's character the entire film, and she has no interest in him. She goes to the Ghostbusters because at the beginning of the movie she rolls her baby carriage through a puddle of the slime that I mentioned earlier and it basically possesses it, kind of makes it move around through traffic and she's wondering what's going on. She goes to Egon for help. Egon brings in Ray who's now in charge of Ray's occult books and that brings in Peter Vankman and then Ernie Hudson's character comes in behind it. Uh, Rick Moranis is again in this one and this one films themselves around that to the point to where the finale of this film sees them take the Statue of Liberty and the slime, which has become a, a they positively charged. Since it's so used to hate, you know, when you positively charge, it does the same thing, but it's you're able to control it a little easier. They spray the inside of the Statue of Liberty with it, and they walk the Statue of Liberty from uh, the island which he is on to the Museum of uh, Art in New York that is surrounded by this slime. As, it, as she crashes through, gets them involved, and we see them battle v, uh, Vigo the Carpathian as he tries to possess uh, baby Oscar, and the finale sees Peter Venkman doing his thing, Bill Murray doing, you know, making his jokes and everything. The cast, this one really focuses more on Bill Murray's character and his interaction with Sigourney Weaver. In the first one, you see them basically it's when he first meets her and he's kind of flirting with her. In this one, you can tell that he actually really cared for her and always kind of wanted to be with her. And you can kind of see that, that chemistry and that dichotomy uh, brought forth more in this one. Again, the Ghostbusters end up winning in this and we see them walk out. This is when we see Rick Moranis' character uh, with a Ghostbuster suit on shooting the you know, the slime on the outside of the building and basically him wanting to be a Ghostbuster. This is his moment to step up to be a Ghostbuster and he thinks he's become a Ghostbuster and it ends there. Now, there was going to be a third film. That's what everybody thought. This one was, while it wasn't as financially great or wasn't as critically loved as the first one, everybody was thinking there was going to be a third one. Well, apparently, um, you know, falling out with... Bill Murray and the rest of the cast. Murray didn't really want to do it. Uh, there was talks for years and years. Harold Ramis ended up eventually, rest in peace, passing away. And when that happened, we pretty much all thought that the Ghostbusters franchise was dead and buried. And we had these two films, and that was what we were going to be left with, which is not bad. They're two great films. Well, then in 2016, we had a Ghostbusters reboot. Now, before I get into the Ghostbusters reboot in 2016, anybody who's going to spew hate about what I'm about to say, just go on somewhere. Like, this is just the God's honest truth, okay? This film um, was not going to be a continuation of the Ghostbusters franchise. They were going to reboot it, and they were going to do it with an all-female cast, uh, which involved, you know, Melissa McCarthy, who is hilarious, and involved Kristen Wiig, so it's two powerhouses, Leslie Jones, who, let me just get this out right now, I do not find Leslie Jones funny, I've never found Leslie Jones funny, this is nothing against her personally, her brand of humor is just not something I'm into, her brand of humor is her being loud, and her having, you know, that, that an urban flow, like, I'm sorry, that's the only way I can really say it, that's her whole stick, she is Medea without being Medea, and it's not funny. Like, it's just that that's her entire thing is, is that's her entire stick. And it's just, it's not funny. Um, 
to me. Anybody who likes her, that's your business. But I just I just don't like Leslie Jones. So when they cast her, I was like, no. Anyway, this also has Chris Hemsworth in it. Now, this story revolved around um, Christian Wiig's character and Melissa McCarthy's character at one point were trying to prove ghosts were real. They kind of had butted heads and split ways. Um, Kristen Wiig is teaching at a university while Melissa McCarthy's character is basically still doing her research. Things happen. They get put back together, and they go to Ghost Bus. Now, here's the problem I had with this entire film. First off, the ghosts look terrible in this. It's 2016, and somehow the ghosts looked better in the 1980s movies than they do in this. They look more realistic then than they do now. This film just doesn't have heart. The, the cast doesn't connect right to me. It's like they don't have that same type of chemistry. They tried to cre recreate it, but they didn't. Um, they did pay, pay homage to... You know, some of the characters, we do see Dan Aykroyd show up in this. We see Ernie Hudson show up in this. And we see that Harold Ramis, a bust of Harold Ramis, is actually the person who uh, founded the university that Kristen Wiig was, was originally working at. This story lacks heart. This movie didn't have, you know, the, the, the character development didn't work. Their, their team just didn't fit. The best part about this movie is Chris Hemsworth. He is hilarious in this as the uh, stumbling, bumbling, moronic, uh, but very handsome and good-looking um, assistant they hire for basically because he looks good. He's dumb as a bag of rocks. He gets possessed and, by a, a ghost, and this is just, he steals the entire movie. He's the only real good thing about the movie. There's just nothing else I can say. This movie was not fun. This movie just, it just didn't bring what people wanted. What they could have done for this movie to fix it, and yes, this is hindsight 2020, they could have made this a third Ghostbusters film. They could have made it that, you know, uh, Dan Aykroyd and all of them had retired, and these were the new Ghostbusters. Like, they had hired them, they had brought them up. Um, you know, they were the, the understaff, whatever, and they're the ones that took over. They could have done that to connect it to the original films, and it could have probably played out a little bit better. The problem with this was they went so hard on, we're going to reboot this, and we don't want nothing to do with the original. I think a lot of people crapped on it because of that in general before it came out, and people were like, well, you just need to watch it. You just need to watch it. And then when it watched it, the story wasn't good. The movie wasn't good. Like I said, the ghost didn't look right. It's just something, this, this was missing something. So after this was done, everybody was fiending for a actual Ghostbusters film, like a third one. Again, um, there was talks for a while about doing it, and finally, it's come forth to do it. So it was supposed to come out in 2020. Uh, it didn't because of COVID, and we got had to wait till the end of 2021 and end of 2022 for Ghostbusters Afterlife, the third film in the Ghostbusters franchise that's connected to the original one. So there's four total. This is the third one, and this one centers around the fact that Egon had moved to a a farm in the middle of Oklahoma and he was chasing something. We see him or you know his somebody portraying him with a digital face chasing something in this we see him trying to trap something and this revolves around his family or uh, taking possession of the farmhouse after he has passed away and them basically living there and uncovering different aspects of his work. We have his daughter and her two children one of them Finn Wolfhard 
that is still one of the coolest names in Hollywood. As you might know as the kid from uh, Stranger Things, that's where he's come from. And it and also stars uh, McKenna Grace as his sister who, while it's never said, is played up that she has a version of autism and is on the, scale, on the spectrum. Uh, as she talks about overstimulation, um, things calming her down. This also stars Paul Rudd. It has, you know, the returning uh, Bill Murray. It has the returning Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. We get to see where they go for. Apparently, Peter Venkman has gone on to be teaching at a prestigious university. Uh, Ray is still uh, in charge of Ray's occult books. And Ernie Hudson has become an entrepreneur and has become basically a, a millionaire, or billionaire um, business owner. And we see as the kids move in, Egon isn't gone. He's still in the house. His ghost is helping his granddaughter as she fixes some of his equipment and becomes Ghostbuster. We see the iconic Ecto-1 play out. Paul Rudd plays the summer school teacher and their mom who, you know, he likes her or whatever. He's the one. He's a scientist who also helps them kind of unlock what it is, tells them about the Ghostbusters, and helps his, helps, um, Egon's granddaughter learn of Egon and the Ghostbusters and what he did. Now, this, again, I'll say this. This story has heart, okay? This story is fun. Uh, a lot of people said that this was just fan service for the Ghostbusters, you know, franchise and the fans. Well, yeah, that's what they were going for after the 2016 flop. This is kind of what you wanted. A lot of people said, well, this isn't the Ghostbuster we wanted. Yeah, I understand you can say it's not the Ghostbusters you want. It's the best Ghostbusters you can do at this point. You know, one of the original cast members has died. All the other ones have gotten older. This is probably the best that you could get at this day and time. And I actually enjoyed this film. Is it the best one? No. But the last uh, third act of this film is really fun. It is really exciting. And when you finally get to see, spoiler alert, all of the Ghostbusters back together... It, it kind of brings a, a, a rah-rah moment. It kind of can bring a tear to your eye because there's still that connection you have with them in the original series. Now, a few critiques of this film. Again, uh, the ghost in this, one of them who I, I don't know if they're trying to make him Slimer or a version of Slimer. Slimer in the original one was green, no legs. This one kind of had legs and looked kind of like him. But the, the ghosts in this, again, don't look that great to me the go the, the 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 ghost looked better in the original 1980 versions i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because of more practical effects or what but the ghost in with the cgs is they they don't look they look fake they look too animated they don't look right and it's not a big knock on the movie it's just a little thing when you can say the 1984s uh the way that they made their ghosts look seemed more realistic seemed more intact than what these are now in this one, we find out what Egon's actually chasing, why Egon left the team, why he left his his family, his daughter, and her mom. He left because a, the person who had built the high-rise where Gozer was uh, coming back in the original one has made a new altar in Oklahoma where Egon was, and he was going to, spoiler alert, bring back Gozer. Like, we're getting the return of Gozer here. And as the kids go through and they're having these uh, paranormal experiences happen, Gozer's basically building power. We see the return of the gatekeeper and the keymaster, the two dogs. This time, instead of taking over Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver, it's Paul Rudd and Egon's daughter. They take them and they basically let them, you know, bang, bang, skeet, skeet, get it on to Owen Lock Gozer. 
when Gozer comes, I give them credit. They Olivia Wilde is the face of Gozer. They had another uh, dancer do the bodywork of Gozer. They made Gozer look like Gozer did in the original one. Now, I know a lot of people would have complained if they changed it. However, if you listen, Gozer could be anything. It's changed forms forever. So, if, you, if, if they changed this, it wouldn't have been that bad. But I kind of like that they went with the original look of how Gozer actually looked in the first one. We see the original Ghostbusters show up to battle Gozer. Um, and we see as they're shooting their proton packs at Gozer, basically trying to contain her before they unlock this giant giant ghost trap that the uh, Egon had built on his property to catch her. We actually see the ghost of Egon as he helps his granddaughter hold the proton pack. As he's sitting there, as he's holding it and shooting, we see Ernie Hudson's character look, and then we see Bill Murray's character look, and they all look and they see Egon. So we get to see, you know, a, a digitized version of Harold Ramis, which was a, a beautiful little nod to him as he helps his granddaughter help his friends to trap Gozer. So you get to see Gozer. You get to see the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You get to see the Ecto-1. They make lots of references to the past films. And Afterlife was just... They, they set it up where we could get another one. Okay? I mean, there could be another one. Um, there's little hints that you could end up getting a return of uh, Vigo the Carpathian. Or there could be something different. Or they might end it here. But only... The only thing, the main thing I didn't like about this is we didn't get to see Rick Moranis. I was really hoping because Rick Moranis has started getting back into acting. I was really hoping Rick Moranis would make a cameo somewhere and we get to see him again. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Maybe if they make another one, they will. This one did well uh, at the theaters, you know, for still what you could do at the theaters at this time with uh, a lot of them still kind of being, some of them being, uh, you know, on with a lot of mandates that don't allow for full capacity and blah 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 uh, it did it did well it, it did really well so we could get another one if not if we if this is the end of it and this is we're done with the Ghostbusters franchise for now you know as far as the original ones this was a good enough film to go out on and it was a fun film the kids I, I can understand people's um, distaste of the kids being the main focus of it but again, with the Ghostbusters being older, with Dan Aykroyd and them being older, you can't really rely on them to carry the weight of the film, of this type of film. And it, it makes more of an impact at the end when that thing's the last 20 minutes we see them, you know, all together. And it's that last little bit that gives this film that big pop. Because um, you're going to remember the the ending you know you'll remember the film it could be a great film if the ending sucks that's what you're going to remember the film could not be that great but the ending's there and that's what you think makes it great this film again is it's fun all the, the kids they're there seeing them navigate together seeing them interact with other kids it's it's you know it is what it is the story really picks up when they start getting into uh, finding Egon's stuff and fixing Egon and realizing his plan. But Ghostbusters Afterlife is a fun film. Paul Rudd's always amazing. Everybody knows Paul Rudd is amazing. And again, if this is how we go out on Ghostbusters, I'm completely okay with it. I think they brought a good uh, loop. I think they finished the circle of what the Ghostbusters franchise could be for the original cast, and it was just, it was fun to see them all together, especially because we didn't know if they wanted to, because Bill Murray was saying he didn't want to do it without Harold, and so on, and they gave you that great little nod to Harold Ramis, and every, and everything he had done for this franchise, and 
just for the the franchise in general. Um, so Ghostbusters Afterlife is is a good film, and I think you really would enjoy it and really would like it if if you haven't seen it. If you're a fan of the Ghostbusters movies, then you'll enjoy this. Again, I don't know how they make ghosts not look as good today as they did in the 80s, but it's small little nitpicky things. That's just that's just my thing. Um, but Ghostbusters Afterlife, the film works in the trilogy of Ghostbusters, and it's a good little nod and a finish for the fans out there. Um, that's all I can say about it. So I think we're coming to the end of this. Um, I'm terrible at transitions, as you know. So thank you again, guys. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing my podcast, for just being with me and, and being listeners for as long as you have. It's been an amazing run, and I can I hope to continue to do this for as long as can be possible. So I hope you have a blessed new year, and I hope you enjoy. Um, I hope you have great things that come forth to you. So go out and watch Ghostbusters 2. It's available on all streaming platforms. Follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. I'm on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I'm on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. And let me just ask you this. Everybody uh, everybody I know is on TikTok. Now, I don't, I'm don't. i not a TikTok person. I don't really understand TikTok. I was more of a Vine person back in the day. Maybe it's just my generation. So uh, people are telling me I need to get on TikTok. Apparently, it's a new platform. So I'm going to leave it up to uh, you guys really... Should I get a TikTok? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a huge on social media, usually anyway. And I really am trying to get, I try to get better at it, especially with Twitter and Instagram, because I know how to do that. TikTok, I don't know anything about. But if you, if you'd like to see a TikTok of me, you know, just popping up once in a while, skits, whatever. Uh, just let me know. Uh, you can tweet at me, TikTok yes or TikTok no. Uh, but I'm just gonna leave it up to you guys. But I'll thank you again for your support. Thank you for listening. Wherever you get this, make sure you share it. Make sure you like it. Subscribe to it. Leave me a rating and a review. It really helps the channel out. Um, That's great. So until next time, who you going to call? Nerd Pool. See ya.